Megan, I have been using our sponsor Element, that's L-M-N-T, to boost my hydration for over a month now, and I'm really loving it. I'm just not very good at drinking plain water, and I love the taste when I pop one of these little packets, I like orange or grapefruit, into a big bottle of water. It's kind of fruity and salty, and it just helps me hydrate better overall. Element is a zero-sugar electrolyte drink mix born from the growing body of research that shows the best health outcomes occur with higher sodium levels. Each little pack delivers a significant dose of electrolytes, but minus sugar, artificial colors, and other iffy ingredients. Element's flavors are so unique, like fruity watermelon salt and spicy sweet mango chili. And we're going to set our listeners up with a variety pack so you can find your favorite. Right. You can receive a free Element sample pack containing eight flavors with any drink mix purchase when you purchase through our custom link, drinkelement.com slash momhour. That's D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T slash momhour. This offer is available exclusively through our partnership and is available for both new and returning customers. And if you're an Element Insider, you'll have first access to Element Sparkling, a bold can of sparkling electrolyte water. Again, it's drinklmnt.com slash momhour. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Megan. We're two moms with eight kids between us, from little to grown. We're in different areas of the country and in different stages of life. But we both know that motherhood's a lot easier when real moms share tips and encouragement. And remind you that it's really all going to be okay. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to the Mom Hour. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Mom Hour. I am Sarah Powers here again with Megan Francis. How are you, Megan? I am doing pretty well. Looking forward to today's uh rendition of this topic. Yes. So we are doing a special series this week called Spring Cleaning Your Digital Life. So if you missed it yesterday, we talked about photo organization, which is a big topic and one that we get a lot of questions about from listeners. And so today we're going to be talking about email and inbox management. And then tomorrow we're going to talk about files and folders and digital storage in general. And the whole kind of arc of this series is just because we think people are spending a lot of time at home right now, maybe need some projects to keep them busy. And also we really, we talked about this yesterday, but we need our tech to work well for us right now mm. in these times. Cause we're using it more than ever for, for things that we didn't think we would be like school and, yeah. uh, you know, meetings and everything. Yeah. Like if there's like cracks in the system or in the foundation right now, it's becoming very apparent very quickly. You yeah, know what I else agree. I've noticed is um, it's really possible to revive an old device. I mentioned this yesterday if you know how to clean it up and make sure it's not being weighed down by extra storage or apps that mm. aren't being used. So um, I know everybody's dusting off every possible tablet in the house right now to keep right? their kids online and occupied and learning. So I think even though we're focusing on some target areas like photos and emails, um, I think any kind of digital cleanup might help you unearth an old um, laptop or an old tablet that maybe your kids could use or you could use during this time. So yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah. Well, email you, yeah. you, I feel like are really good with email in that you can always find what you need, right? Well, that's true. <laughs> um, we're going to talk about inbox zero uh, in a little bit here. And that just makes me laugh and laugh and laugh. But I think for me, I have been on email for so long. Like email has been a huge part of my life and my work life for so long that it's, it's almost just intuitive to me. Um, and we, like we talked about in yesterday's episode, sometimes there's a danger in that because you get so 
used to what works that you don't keep your eyes open for what could work better. Mm -hmm. And so that can definitely be a blind spot for me. Like I am great at searching email. I really have had no reason ever to keep my email really organized. Um, But even if I did a a few things, how might that make my life a little more, um, a little more streamlined and just a little more manageable because I've got a lot of different things going on. Right, exactly. And as we mentioned yesterday, this isn't necessarily about overhauling anyone's whole system. But if we can remove some of the pain points, like getting a lot of um, junky sales emails is a is a pain point for a lot of people. So maybe you just figure out how to tackle that one problem and you don't need a whole like inbox zero folder system. So um, we allow for all of that. Um, And before we get into it, we're going to talk about our sponsor for this series, and that is Privacy Guard. So I don't know about you, Megan, but over the past couple of weeks, I have been basically living on my phone and my devices. I feel like I've been doing everything online, even things I used to do in real life, like grocery shopping and, you know, working out and using the library. I know. And we've been talking so much about digital organization in these episodes that it's also got me thinking about digital protection and how easy it is to take for granted because we use these little machines for everything, right? And sometimes I get kind of careless and forget that the information I'm tapping in on this little keyboard is actually really important information and that it would really complicate my life if someone decided to steal it. Yes. And so that is why we're proud that this series is sponsored by Privacy Guard. Privacy Guard offers a secure browser that protects you against key logging and phishing scams that target passwords, account numbers, and other sensitive information. And also a secure keyboard encrypts keystrokes to protect your information so that it's harder for potential hackers to read what you're typing. I love that this feature comes with all the membership levels. It means you can surf, share, shop, and bank with more confidence on your mobile devices and tablets. Yeah, honestly, everything from our bank account numbers to our email passwords could potentially be stolen by criminals if we aren't careful. And I think we can all agree that right now, the last thing any of us needs is to be dealing with identity theft or hacking. So Privacy Guard offers three plans starting at just $9.99 per month, and you can try it for 14 days for just a dollar. All of Privacy Guard's plans offer the digital protection suite with a secure browser and keyboard, and they make it really easy to get started. Just go to privacyguard.com slash today to learn more. Again, that's privacyguard.com slash today. Okay, Megan, I feel like we need some kind of a visual metaphor for an email inbox because there's a lot of um, comparisons between physical clutter and digital clutter. And I feel like the state of one's inbox is almost like it's like opening a medicine cabinet or something in someone's (laughs) house. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, we've all got emails and we've all got an email system that we use. And by system, I don't mean like an organization system. I mean, you're on Gmail or you have another, you know, another address. Um, But I don't think there's one right way. And I wanted to start with this idea of inbox zero, which is sometimes held up as I guess it would be the equivalent of like the Marie Kondo, like, kind of um, you don't have anything in there that doesn't have a place or a purpose. I personally am not an inbox zero person right now, and I'm guessing you are not either. I have never been one. and <laughs> I've never aspired to be one. In fact, that the idea gives me anxiety. So does it give you anxiety because then you'd worry you don't know where things are? It gives me anxiety because I worry that in my zeal to only hang on to things I need, I would get rid of things that I later would want to look up because it actually happens kind of often Mm -hmm. that I'll just be thinking, oh, you know what? Somebody sent me this email this one time and it didn't seem important at the minute at the moment, but I'm going to find it. And then because I have figured out so many workarounds, I can easily find it with search and then I'm glad to have it. So I know the, the point isn't you delete every email. The point is things should be in folders and stuff like that. But 
or that you take action. Like, so I think there's a lot of this is tied to your to-do list, like how you manage your tasks. And that is not even the topic of this episode. So we'll leave that there. But I think it's related, right? Because a lot of times an email requires some kind of action. So it's a response or it's something that gets moved to something else where you'll make sure to do it. And I, I, I don't do that. So I, I have large inboxes and I am not striving for inbox zero now, but I, I did when I was in my working life and I use like Microsoft outlook was the program. Um, I did, I had a lot of folders, um, and I kept things in folders and I just moved away from that at some point because search the search functionality of being able to find what I need is pretty good. Although I, I'm not going to sit here and say my system's perfect either. Um, I'm, I'm very inconsistent about deleting and I don't, I'm curious if you are too. So we, I talked about yesterday, deleting photos. I'm very consistent. If I know I don't ever need to see this photo again, I'm really good about deleting it. I'm not that way with emails. Like sometimes I just leave them there because they're not taking up a lot of space and they'll just get moved down the list. But sometimes I delete. So do you, do you have a process there? Um, no, for me, I think it is uh, active management. I'm in my email so much that I think like I can, well, first of all, I have three different email accounts. One is the one I've had forever. It's my personal account. And that one I go through every day and do sweeping deletions. Like, because it's, I've had it for probably 10 years. Uh, maybe long. No, I've probably had it for 14, 15 years. Mm -hmm. Now that I think about it. So it gets, I'm on so many like spammy lists and things. And, and I get a lot of email that sometimes I like might want to look at, but like most of the time I don't. So I kind of let that one pile up and I go in a couple times a day and just literally click the little button at the top. These are all Gmail accounts mm-hmm. um, to select everything. Once they're all selected, I go through and I say, well, okay, now I know I'm about to delete them all. So do I really want to delete okay. them all? And I go and look. And if the answer is yes, I hit delete and they're gone. Okay. So you're um, better about deleting than I am. And then on the other side, so our business email and then my local business email, I just get fewer emails mm-hmm. um, and I, I hang on to them. Like I let them kind of pile up. I go through, but I am great. I delete a lot. Mm-hmm. I do delete a lot. I yeah. probably over delete sometimes because sometimes um, you'll say to me, hey, did you see that email? And I'll say, no, I probably deleted it. <laughs> in, a, in, a frenzy, in a in frenzy, in a frenzy of deletion. Well, this is a good time now. Um, since yesterday, I had a little bit more confidence in my system. And today I think it's more about like, what do you do? What do I do? So maybe tell everybody what you, you have three addresses and they're Gmail based. So you basically have browser windows open, right? And you click I have between browser the three. windows open. I have, um, I have not used any kind of program that consolidates my email since I was forced to use Outlook at two different, um, two different job places. Uh And I, I really didn't like it. I didn't, for me, the experience of having my browser open in these three different places is like a mental, um, marker that tells me I'm doing different kinds of work Mm -hmm. and that allows me to treat each account a little differently. And I, I've always worried that if I had them all going into one place, that would go away. And that actually was my experience when I used Outlook. And for a little while, I used something kind of like Outlook, but mm-hmm. it was, yeah, it wasn't Apple Mail. It was like some proprietary thing at a business I worked at, but same different, like same, you know, same kind right. of Like an idea. email client, I think that An calls. email client, yeah. yes. And I just don't, I don't like using them. Maybe it's one of those things I'd like if I got used to it, but I don't really want to. Okay. Well, no, that's fine. I'm curious when you open your phone, because you have an iPhone and right. it has one mail. Do you open the Gmail application or do you open the mail application? We talked so a little I, bit about yesterday about. I yeah no I use the I use the Apple. Uh-huh. Um, now for a little while they were all dumping into one place and they don't anymore. And I don't know. I mean this was a while ago. They used to all go to one place. I didn't love that. 
Now there are three separate boxes. I have to open them separately. And does that create the same mental separation for you when you're on your phone? Yeah, but I do mostly only deleting and reading on my phone. I never send. For me to send an email from my phone is a very rare thing. So I actually really like like the first thing in the morning, I will usually first check on my phone just to see how many emails I have. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, don't need that. Delete, delete, delete. And then it's like when I open my real inbox, it's more what I want to see. Yeah. It's like I've already curated it for my for my working eyes. Yeah. And it only takes me five minutes to do that in the morning. And then I you know, go make my tea and get about my, then I open my computer and then it's time to like really get down to the things I want to look at. Right. Okay. Well, that's helpful. And I am the opposite because I can always change and I've thought about changing, but I really don't like browser-based Gmail. I am a Google person. I spent all of yesterday's episode, you know, praising Google's suite of services and my, my email addresses are based in Gmail but I don't like working from browser-based Gmail. I'm not used to it. It looks very messy to my eyes. Like there's columns on either side with like chat and tasks. And then when you mm. go to reply to things, the way they're nested is super confusing to me. The formatting feels confusing. And that's pretty confusing. new. That's only within the last few years that they've been nested that way. Mm-hmm. And it took me a lot of time to get used to that. I will admit. Yeah. So I, so I don't, I don't do that. So I picture your browsers and I totally get what you're saying. And I see why it makes sense for your brain, but I am the opposite. So I have a MacBook computer. And so I use Apple's mail program. And, um, when we were planning this episode, you were saying how that would make you feel confused to have it all coming into one place. So I dropped a little handy visual in there for you where to me, it doesn't feel like they're all in one place. It's, it's still actually have like four or five, if I count them all, um, different email addresses and they each have their own inbox. So I'm still switching between them. I'm still switching between them. That looks um, a lot like my phone, actually. It's, exact, it's exactly like your phone because it's a hmm. Mac. It's the it's the same program, it's the same iOS program, just on a computer. Yeah. Um, so unless I clicked that one at the top that says inbox, that would put everything all together. But I would never do that. You so, like I would never. So it would I never would, happen. I'm always looking at um, the you know how many emails are in each inbox, and then I'm only choosing that inbox, and I'm only playing in that sandbox, so to speak. So. So maybe we're achieving the same thing, but I, I'd love to hear from anybody else who is like seriously mentally allergic to browser-based Gmail. And I think I worked a long time in a corporate environment and I used Outlook. I've always preferred the clean look of an email client program instead of, to me, browser-based mail feels like something you do when you're in an internet cafe, like in Italy backpacking. I don't know. So let it's me like, ask you about this. It's, in, only, in it's your... only in emergencies that you need to go to browser-based mail. That's funny. Okay. So I'm like totally the opposite. Like for me, like using um, a client feels so corporate and it just feels like it's fencing me in and I hate it. But let me ask you this. If you were using your email client and you started an email and then you left it half written, would it still show up on your phone? Oh yeah. Yeah. Draft sync. Okay, so you'd, everything. You'd uh-huh. be able, so draft sync. Okay. Uh-huh. That's something I think that has gotten a lot better since like the days that I was using. Yes. Yeah. Deletions, those kinds of things. Um, the deletion sync and actually folder sync. I don't think either you and I use a lot of like subfolders because we just talked about how we're not inbox zero people. But if you create folders in your Gmail program, they'll show up. They show up for me in my Apple mail and vice versa. So um, there's a lot. Google and Apple don't always play well together, but there's enough people like me who try to get the best of both that, um, yeah, syncs to your phone, syncs to the browser. It, it all works. I just, yeah, it's I'm, I'm so ingrained, as I'm sure you are at this point, that it just feels foreign to not do it this way. So here's another funny thing. Um, 
I have been using browser-based email for so long and I've always had more than one account for various purposes. I've been doing it for so long that in my brain, I think of each email address occupying a different space, a different place in space. <laughs> so regardless of which account, like which browser tabs, so say I'm looking at three browser tabs. I am right now actually just to help me with this, um, with my three different Gmail accounts, right? Regardless of where they're, they actually are in relation to each other, when I open my Megan Francis at Gmail, which is my oldest account, to me, that is on the left. Uh-huh. Yeah. In I know my what brain. Mean. Yeah. I, I, I and totally Lifeless, what you mean. which is like the second longest one I've had, it, like our business account is in the middle. And then this newer one is on the right. It, it just, that's how I, in my mind, mm-hmm. that's where I put them. Yeah. No, I, I, I know what you mean. And I think I have that with some browser, other browser-based things. I just, mm-hmm. having email open in my browser feels different to me. So clearly mm-hmm. we're going to need listeners to weigh in on if anyone else feels so strongly. This is right up there with uh, drinking receptacles about how strongly <laughs> we feel about this. Um, can I mention something that is that works regardless of which way you do this? And that is something called, Gmail would call it filters. Apple calls it smart folders. Either way, um, and we're going to get into like how we deal with junk mail too, and this is all related, but um, I have found so much value from knowing how to set up a smart folder or a filter and knowing and just taking the time to do that. So just a couple of examples. When we get listener email, um, it comes into a folder and it's routed to this place that is listener mail for our business. Um, that is set up because it's always sent to the email address. Hello at the That's our email address. But behind the scenes, that's actually just a forwarding address. It forwards to like, you know, a main address on our account, but I'm able to say if an email was sent to hello at the And if it did not come from any of these sources and every once in a while, I'll go in and add, um, you know, like big companies who email us or maybe some of our ad agency partners. And I basically say like, not counting these people because that wouldn't, that wouldn't make it a listener. And then basically what I have is a one click. I can see all of our listener mail. So like, I don't know if that made sense the way I explained it, but both Apple and Google and the other ones have ways to set up filtering in smart ways that just can save you a lot of headache later on. So just similar to photos yesterday, I would, I would suggest that a little bit of front end, maybe research or teaching yourself could save you a lot of back end pain. I like that. And that, that would be helpful. I think for myself, I've, I don't use folders because it's not always easy for me to categorize like what folder I would want an email to go in. Uh It would be easier to, by process of elimination, have like, we know all these things are this. That means anything that's not that Mm -hmm. I would deal with differently or maybe on a different day, you know, or like, yeah, in a slightly different way. Yeah. Yeah, And and you can use it creatively. Like for example, when we sign a contract with an advertiser, we get this little notification email and the subject line is always the same because it's, it's automatically generated. So I made a smart folder. And and by the way, when I say folder, no, no one's ever actually moving files around. It's just a way to click on it and see. It's basically a search. It's like a right, search it's a parameter. Search. Right. Um, and so you're not you're not moving things from the server or anything crazy like that. You're just creating basically like a saved search. Um, but if the subject line for this one confirmation that we get from our ad partner is always the same, I just quickly set it up that anything with that subject line has a smart search saved. And then when I click on that, I can see, you know, all of our campaigns quickly, like little, so I just have figured little ways like that, which brings me to emails from 
sale from companies. And I know you yes. have thoughts on this. Do you get a lot of yeah. retailer? Like oh, I'm thinking my your Bed Bath & Beyond, your Old Navy. Like Oh my gosh, so many. And then to make it worse, I think I talked about in a recent episode that there's another Megan Francis out there who is giving my email address out to stuff. Oh, like, I don't think you've said this on the podcast. Have you? Oh my gosh. So there's this ongoing thing <laughs> where there is a Megan.Francis at gmail.com. Now, Gmail, Google will tell you that it is impossible for there to be competing email addresses because Megan Francis at gmail.com and Megan.Francis at gmail.com are the same address. And there has never, ever, 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 ever been a time where you could sign up for one and not I the other. I don't believe that. That sounds I like I don't baloney. believe it either. And I would beg to differ because there is another woman. She lives, I think, in England. And I get her email pretty regularly. And it comes to Megan.Francis.com, which I'd never signed up for. Um... And I believe she did. And so sometimes she gets her email. I think she probably most of the time she gets her email, but a lot of the time I get it. And also then sometimes people just put the wrong email in sure. maybe, you know, so I get so much email that's not even mine that it gets really confusing because I'm like, well, I don't want to delete someone else's important email, but also I have no way to get in touch with this person. I, there is like one person I've actually spoken to. I think I, I think I found her on LinkedIn and sent her a message. It was just like, Hey, FYI, <laughs> um, I know you're getting married because I'm getting all your, like, um, all the venues were sending me the contract. Oh my gosh. Stuff. Yeah. That's yeah, not so, just like junk no, email. Yeah, right, exactly. So anyway, yes. One of my email accounts gets an immense amount and I did use unroll me mm -hmm. unroll.me. I felt like it made a little dent, but it was a kind of a lot of work setting it up. And I didn't think it did enough. Um, I do, I am better about proactively. Like I know I said, I'm really bad about proactively getting on top of my photos. I'm better about proactively getting rid of spammers. So every now and then I will just go through one day and delete or sorry, unsubscribe to like 25 to 30 email lists. And I don't think it always takes. And then that person is like on, like they're on notice with me. Yes, I agree. And if I keep getting email after that, I will sometimes email them. It kind of depends on how obnoxious they are. Yeah. But I will at the very least mark it as spam. Marking things as spam has really helped. I am pretty aggressive marking things. That, like I used to give people lots of chances to not, you right, know, to it, do the it right thing. them in their, in whatever email marketing program yes, they're using, like right? They like they can it, get penalized yeah. big time. And I used to be really mindful of that. And I would try to give people the benefit of the doubt. And now I feel like there's, it's just so rude the way people that you've spoken to once will put you on their list. Mm hmm um, you've never signed up for, you never gave them your email address for that purpose. And then, and sometimes these are people like colleagues of ours and like yeah. people who like we know, and I'm not saying like calling out our friends. I'm just saying like people that we may have brushed up against in some professional capacity. And then suddenly I'm on their email list. So yeah, don't do that. people. I, if you have no, a small don't. business and you're just learning the ways of email marketing, that's not it. Don't do that. And if you have a <laughs> consultant who's trying to help you build a list like that, don't listen to them or be, you're, you're going to do more harm than yeah. good. And so I've just become pretty aggressive about, about spamming stuff. I don't have time and people need to figure this out. Um, it's unfortunate if it affects someone's unfairly, like maybe it was truly a mistake, but yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. I agree. And um, so I'll just speak to how I handle those things. I also unsubscribe regularly to things I truly don't want. And I also get very annoyed if it doesn't take, like it's one thing if it takes a couple days or something. Right. Um, but th the worst offender I've ever had, and I seriously, I might just pick up the phone someday and try and track someone down. It's um, so Reed played T-ball for two years when he was like four and five or five and six. And he was never going to be, we were never going to be a baseball family. And so somehow I got on the list, not of our local little league, cause they are normal and they stopped sending me emails once we weren't playing, but these third party, like 
um, you know, like the specialty coaches that they can have or like the clinics and these um, somehow I was on baseball related like private training, elite coaching, or maybe it would be like, um, equipment based, like could not be farther from something I need for my family. And I know they're all selling each other's lists because I would unsubscribe from one. And then like a month later, like coach so-and-so's like elite training camp, like they're just, they're buying a list or they're sharing lists somehow of our town's little league. And I, get so annoyed because it won't stop. This has been like five years later. We have not been involved in baseball and I still will sometimes get new ones pop up and I'm so annoyed. So along those same lines, um, since we're talking about sports, let's, let's, <laughs> let's ease into school really quick because okay. I think right now we are all in this absolute, you know, the opposite of paradise where suddenly we're getting lots of emails from people at school who maybe don't understand how to use blind carbon copy. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the problem with that is you never get off that list. Like that will be right. an eternal thing <laughs> for the rest of your life. If someone has an email or if somebody wants to reach out to that teacher or that list or whatever, it doesn't matter if your kid hasn't had that teacher in years. It doesn't matter if you left the school, if you left the country, so funny. Uh, you are still going to get on that list. And it's like, it just keeps perpetuating. It's like a virus. Yeah. It's a lot like the coronavirus. Yeah. It just keeps perpetuating itself and spreading. And there's nothing you can do. And I have to like really sometimes talk myself down and not send a nasty, like not nasty, but, but like a sarcastic email, you know, informing people how to properly use email because yeah. I have to remember that this is my life. Like I have been in this world for so long that I get it. And a lot of people just don't ever really have to use email like that. Like it's not a thing for them. They use it for a few things and that's kind of it. Or they have, or their like personal email, like nothing comes to it. And maybe their work email, they act differently. So I try to be compassionate, but let's all, let's all learn how to use BCC. Yes. And just not reply all when in doubt. Don't reply all. It's Don't not reply necessary. All. It's not necessary. Exactly. Um, yes. Well, I wanted to finish on the the filtering or the sales emails because I do have one concrete tip for this is for the category of sales emails I get that I want to keep, but well, I want I want to have them, but I don't want to see them. And so mostly it's like promo codes. It's like your old navies and your um, your your retailer stores that might actually have a really good deal going on or a sale that I want to browse. I just don't want to see it in my inbox inbox. So. Um, when you go to Gmail on the browser, which I do for things like this every once in a while, um, you can just select those emails and you go up and it says create a filter from this. And so you mm. create a filter that if it's ever from this sender or, you know, with this, you know, whatever, you can choose your parameters. Then I do have a folder called deals and it routes it right to deals and I never see it in my inbox. And that way, if I'm shopping, I just go to my deals folder and I'm like, Ooh, there's all these Groupons and there's, you know, old Navy's having a sale. And so it's kind of out of sight, out of mind, but easily accessible. And you could do that. I think you could do that for a lot of things. If you like to stay up on your school's newsletter, but you, you don't need it in the middle of your workday, you can route that somewhere else. And there's a, there's a little box that says, um, market as red. And I do that too, because I don't like that. I don't like the little red, like unread, like you have an unread message. So it's like, pretend I've seen this, put it somewhere else. And then if I want to go look for it, I will. So I will say I am obsessive about not having unread emails. I I don't care about inbox zero, but having a bunch of unreads does make me a little crazy. But not on your phone because your phone says you have 30,000, right? It did until I abandoned an email address. Okay, well, let's talk about that. When yours gets too full, you just walk away, you light a match and throw it behind you. (laughs) Okay, so yes, let's talk about abandoned email accounts. Have you ever abandoned an email account? 
No. In fact, I'm still holding on to Sarah at thehappiesthome.com <laughs> where I used to work for you, even though that blog doesn't exist. I feel like I feel like I don't want to I don't want to be the reason someone gets um uh like a rejection, you know, like this email yeah. address is not valid. <laughs> That is, that is like the twoest thing I've ever heard an Enneagram one say, but yeah. yes. Okay. So I have, I, I sparingly abandon. Um, I don't do it all the time, but I have had a couple of cir- circumstances when that did happen. One was when I had a Yahoo account that I opened in probably 1997, 1998, mm-hmm. maybe. Um, and I had for a very, very long time. And then just as like, I was starting to switch to Gmail Yahoo completely changed up their platform. So I wasn't really using it for any work-related stuff anymore. I had moved off of that, but I, it still existed and I would still check it every now and then because I still got sometimes personal email and stuff like that. Well, then Yahoo changed their like interface. It was awful. Like it suddenly it was really hard to delete lots of messages at once because it would literally show you just this, like I'm used to deleting a page at a time. Uh Uh-huh. All of a sudden, it would just show you like everything in like one for, like eternal scroll situation. Oh, so if I clicked the little box, it would just I mean, I guess all of my emails would get deleted. And so I slowly slow. I started to, s- to slow my frequency of how often I checked it. And then every time I'd go back, there were fewer and fewer relevant emails because I had moved most of that yeah. communication to Gmail and more and more and more junk. And I think that my, the spam filter wasn't picking stuff up really yeah. anymore. And my phone at that point said I had 50,000 unread emails <laughs> and it, it was kind of a joke. Like I was, you know, I'd take pictures and show yeah. it to people and they thought it was really funny. And <laughs> I think I made your husband cry with it. And, um, and then finally I got my new iPhone about a year and oh gosh, it's been probably close to two years yeah. now. And I was like, why would I set that email? Yeah. You're just, do you didn't add it. I didn't add it. I will still go back to that account maybe every two months. Sometimes I like to go back and just search for like really old emails. Like my sister and I sent each other. I found some fun conversations, but it's like going into the jungle. It's like, I got to go. I'm bush. (laughs) I am bushwhacking when I go in there. Like I go in with like a machete (laughs) and I'm, it's like, it's going to be an adventure and I'm going to wear like a little hat and some camo. And so I look at it completely different. There is no work happening. It's like, what's in here? It's opening a magical it's treasure box. It's going into the attic or the basement. Yes, and just, it is yeah. truly, it is like my digital attic. So I still have it um, and I can still get to it pretty easily. Although I've had to change the password a couple of times because I keep forgetting what it is. And yeah. then, you know, but I can still get to it. No problem. It's just completely, it's a completely obliterated from my usual life. And then I've had a couple other accounts that I have literally just abandoned. Like, They were never, they never took off. Like they never had enough value in my life to make it worth trying to maintain them. And at some point I just cut ties. Yeah, that makes sense. And just leave it. Well, and I realized as you were talking that I have abandoned one and that would be my maiden name. So I got married in Uh, 2005. And so that's 15 years ago, which of course there was email before that. But I do feel like mid, mid aughts is when just so much of our life really started to be online and that yes. didn't feel like that big a deal. I mean, it was a Yahoo account. It had my maiden name. It was the letter S and my maiden name. And I, I don't even know if I could go log into it. I, I must have obviously in the first year or two kind of t- helped transition somehow, but I have no memory and I have no memory of ever using that email, like as a login for anything or having gone back to it in a dozen years. So that's interesting. I, I guess I did abandon that one. 
Oh, I just feel like nowadays, if someone wants to find you, they can find you. Right. They don't need the email address you had 20 no, years it, ago nope. to find you. Exactly. So I feel a lot less guilt around that than I might have even 10 years ago. Yeah, no, I, yeah. I, I agree. Um, well, I'm not even sure we have solved inbox zero or offered many concrete tips, except that it's all going to be okay. And search is, is your friend. <laughs> search is your friend. And if you are a browser-based person like me, um, you can lean in like uh, on some of the browser-based stuff that Gmail it does offer. Like right now they remind you to follow up with people. I find that oh, super helpful. Okay. Um, you'll get like a little, I do find it a little inconsistent. Like it doesn't always remind me, but every now and then it'll pop up and say like, you sent this email five days ago. Would you like to follow up? And, oh, that's and nice. And so you can lean on, on some of those things. But I think rather, whether, probably for me, the takeaway is whether you're using browser-based or a client, there are, there are probably a couple of tools you could put into use like right now. Yeah, and I think starting with your pain points, like the things that annoy you the most, and we definitely listed some of ours, and then just see if there's a a, a digital solution for those. Um, and And that definitely kind of can just make you feel less anxious when you open up your inbox. So, you <laughs> and go. I never feel any anxiety when I open that inbox. It's, you know, it's fun. It's even all the 50,000. That one is even more fun because <laughs> I have the right mindset about it, yes, right? Yes. Yeah. Well, thanks everyone for listening today and for joining us for this special series. We also want to remind you to check out our sponsor, Privacy Guard. They offer three digital protection plans starting at just $9.99 per month. And you can try it for 14 days for just $1. Privacy Guard makes it really easy to get started. Just go to privacyguard.com slash today to learn more. And we will be back in your feed tomorrow to talk about files and folders and storage and making sense of all of that digital clutter. So we'll talk to you then. The Mom Hour is supported by partners like Erica. Erica is the social media health app for teens that gives them the tools to unplug when they need to for improved health, study focus, sleep, and daily balance. Erica was built by a dad of three boys who saw that teens themselves were really becoming self-aware to the risks of social media, and he wanted to help them self-regulate. Erica works to hide distracting apps from your phone at the touch of a button, keeping them out of sight and out of mind without deleting your data. Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code THEMOMHOUR. Go to erica.app and search for plans. That's Erica with a K, E-R-I-K-A dot A-P-P and use code THEMOMHOUR to save 20%. Sarah, I have been having just the best time making my new podcast, The Teas Made. I launched back in November and so far I've covered topics like staying warm on cold winter walks, nurturing creativity, how to be a great host, and even Nordic secrets to loving winter. Well, you know, I am fan number one of the teas made. It's got such a cozy vibe and it seems like you've really hit your stride in covering topics like wellness, self-care, comforting rituals and routines and home and family life. Just look for the teas made with Megan Francis wherever you get your podcasts or head to theteasmade.com to find all the episodes.